0: Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports stadium. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Burns and Gamble. Straight up to the claw. On this Tuesday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We are live from the auction community studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. See what's going on? on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Last week, training camp, PCH, uh-huh. going very well. I went and saw the uh, volunteers who were answering the phones. I know yeah. you did yesterday. I went yesterday. Absolutely. They're working very well. See. Yeah. I, I do. I have a favor to ask of you. Okay? A favor? Okay. I have a favor to okay. ask of you, like a, like a kid going to dad, asking him if he um, can borrow the keys to the car. I, I, can I borrow the keys to the car for a minute? You can, can go into a ballpark and you need tickets. You... <sighs> I'll show you in a second. Okay. Because I, I literally have no idea what this I is. Know, I know. I'm springing this on you. You're yet. springing it on okay, me. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready okay for I, this? A favor. Okay. The 49ers have released defensive lineman Robert Camdicci. You want Blue Oyster to cult? Is then that what you want? I sent him a message. He read it. Have Don't Fear the Reaper ready. Yeah, I have an idea. Yeah. Mm. Oh that's an epic fail, Mitch. Mitch, don't even play it now. Like that's such no, a you, don't you, you even, failed. Don't even play it. So, you failed so badly there. I text. I texted. You, you know what I can yeah. do? I can go on a long rant about why I hate red receipts uh, no, no, because no, they no. don't actually confirm that you read it. So as I, in I, today, I texted you. I sent you a message on Teams. <laughs> So <laughs> it says red, but you didn't actually read it. No, I didn't actually it's, read it. But how does it say the red. Last Person I conversed with on Teams. It's got the. Uh. It's got the little icon on it that he read it. Man, that was just a spectacular, epic. Bomb! <laughs> did you come on? Do you really think that there's any consideration to bring Robert Kimdiichi back? Of course not. That's why I wanted to play. Don't fear the reaper. Uh, That's why I wanted to play the song. I wanted to be the one to play the song. You I wanted to play. It. I never get to play the song. Yeah. I never. You get to wanted the, to be the, the one and say, "Don't ask about Robert Kemdichi. I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to have some fun today. I, I, I just have to know. Uh, did anybody even ask you? Like, did you get no, one God, person? No. Oh, no, like, like the, hey guys, no, uh, no Robert no, Kimdiichi got caught. What do you guys? And think? And that would have been the joke. Right? Is because it's it's only when it's the most obvious time that I get to play it, right? Like when it's the most obvious question yes. in the world. Hey, Bernsey, do the Cardinals have any interest in Robert Kim D.C. And I could have just said, you know, I could have played. <laughs> concert. I got tickets for America for Sunday. Do you really? Yes. I got tickets for this Sunday, America. Where are they playing? Your backyard? Some- oh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> the uh, Somewhere in Mesa. <laughs> a maser somewhere in maser, maser. Yeah, Yeah, you would say yeah they play in there uh, how, many you, uh, how many times is that for you to see America I don't even know a lot a, l- a lot double digits got to be double digits. I've seen right? them a lot I've seen them I've seen them quite a few times I mean it's uh' One of my favorite iconic bands from the 70s. Yeah. They sing you know, sm- some of my favorite songs and ever. they're still kicking it. Venture Highway. Is <laughs> Chelsea going with you again? She's scheduled to go with God, me. God bless her Although soul. She's mentioned like, hey, if you just want to bring a friend so I don't have to go. <laughs> I heard Bernsie loves it. Uh, no, 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 I'm good. She's I'm, mentioned I'm, to me a few times if see, you don't want to go. I'm if uh, you, know, you know, have a friend who wants to go, I'm like, I don't have any friends. <laughs> hey, I got you. I don't <laughs> have any friends. If you want to bring a friend, you're great. If I had one, I'd bring I don't have any friends. See that ring on your finger? We're friends. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, it. that's all you know, I've got here. let me tell you all about right. my best friend. That didn't work out the way I thought it was going uh, to. So let's move we'll on back. to our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. The way in Brought to you by... Yes, the Arizona Cardinals are back at training camp, and yes, this is their final week of training camp. And yet we're still, we're kind of looking back, we're kind of looking ahead. We're looking back at the preseason game number one, in which our colleague Dan Bickley called it maybe one, he called Cliff Kingsbury the biggest winner to start the Cardinals preseason. Um, and because it was even though it was a meaningless preseason game, his football team was orderly, hungry, and focused. They scored 36 points in three quarters. They committed zero turnovers. They had only two penalties. He unveiled a new pair of quarterbacks. They both functioned at a very high level. He was very impressed with Cliff Kingsbury and the work he did. Yeah, I, I, how much it means was interesting. You know, in reading Bickley's column about Cliff, you know, being the big winner and everything. It's definitely something I thought about, you know, in reading it. It was very it was an interesting read as to, you know, Cliff being, you know, the big winner. Look, I think all of this is important for Cliff, so I don't want to downplay it and say none of it is, because I think that's I I I mean I could understand how you can make an argument. There's a lot of people that still aren't sold on Cliff right. as, as 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 the head coach. So the fact that he got off to a good start, and the offense moved the ball. Well, that like, okay, like, it has a small, small meaning, right? A small meaning, because you you, bet, you you'd much rather get off to a, a good start and have things clicking and have guys confident and believing in the system and the plays and the players and their teammates than not. But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, we've seen teams go undefeated in the, the preseason and not win many games, or teams not win a game and then win a lot of games. I don't think this means anything anything as far as the regular season is concerned, but I do think you could you know hope you know, I, at times, not everybody, I do think at times you could build some momentum leading up to the regular season. Yeah, I, I, I thought Cliff if I'm going to term him a winner for what happened in preseason week number one, I'm going to term him a winner because of how he's handled camp so far and how he's handled the preseason so far. I know you saw it. In case our audience didn't hear it, Kyler Murray confirmed today he's not playing at all in the preseason. Oh yeah, you know he's just. Uh, I'm not. I uh, confirmed. I'm not yes. playing. I'm not going to be out there. That, did we not see? Did everybody not see that coming? Uh, he wasn't going uh, to. Of course, play. yeah. We all knew it was coming. We all. You, yeah. you, we all kind of understood that. I, I think that's kind of why Cliff is winning this preseason season because he has fully embraced this idea of it doesn't matter, right? Like, I'm not using this preseason to get my guys ready for week one. I'm not going to play my guys. I'm not going to play my main guys. And if you're going to do that and still win as definitively as you did in these games, that albeit are meaningless, but if you're still going to coach it up enough to get that dominant of a performance where you had, what, 36 points after three quarters, that to me is the win. It's not so much that they won. It's that he's treating the preseason, I think, the way the preseason should be treated in 2022, and he's still winning. Does that make sense? Yeah, but like, we, we, there was a lot of players that we raved about, right? Okay, uh, you know, they brought in Victor uh, DiMuchesi, uh, and he was a sixth round pick out of Duke, and he had two sacks, and he played well, and kant Ingram played well, and Ward played well, and it was just Dorch played well, and Isabella played well, and a lot of these guys that I don't think I, – I think they were very much an afterthought for us played really well. So, you look, know, you got to develop players. So, you know, Kime brought them in, but you also want to develop them and build them. It's your job. You, you have to develop players, the coaching staff – that's the, these guys aren't proven, you know, yeah. uh, they're projects when you get them. They come from college, they're a sixth round pick. You know, a lot of them aren't going to turn it on. Not everybody's Tom Brady coming out of the sixth round, right? So to see him play well and to see so many other guys play well, you. It is about development. You've got to take a lot of these young kids and develop them, and I think that may be the that may be something to, to grasp onto as a win. Is that you know it looks like a lot of these players that were an afterthought have some talent. Cliff today was asked why he thinks this year's team is going to be
1: better than last. Watching us compete just day in day out, they understand their, what they were. I think for a majority of the season, and then they could have competed with anybody. And then um, all of us coaches and the players didn't close it out like we could have. But they're playing with a lot more confidence after I think feeling what that felt like to be one of the top teams in the league for a certain amount of time and you know you gotta have some good fortune and stay healthy and, and do all those things but I definitely sense a more confident team with a lot of those key contributors back and then some young pieces that have stepped up and like Hams one of them stepped up and um, Victor Dima another one stepped up and really made us even better it's
0: just so hard to analyze any job Cliff Kingsbury is gonna do because we all know what really matters is the, the end second half of not the, season. the beginning right I mean the, the end the beginning's tough though <laughs> I mean oh, no, Comes out of the game there. strong with that schedule. I'm going to give him a lot of credit because I don't think I can. Say, and I understand what you're saying, and and everybody agrees with that, right? Yeah. Man, you got to win games in the second half. You can't collapse. But man, can't we not look at the first half of the schedule and how brutal that schedule is? And you know, and if he does well, give him credit for that because you could put yourself in such a big hole with the beginning part of the schedule that maybe the second half of the schedule doesn't mean very much because you know you dug yourself such a big hole. True, that's true. And if if that happens, it's such a reverse from what we're used to from this team. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the NBA schedule releases in full tomorrow. We've got a little bit of a sneak peek for the Suns, including opening nights. And, oh, what a night that's going to be. We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, so why are we doing this now? We're doing this now because we've got Tori Lavello coming up at the bottom of the hour, and then we've got our Phoenix Children's Hospital give-a-thon portion of the hour coming up at 2.45. And, as luck would have it, or maybe some good planning. Alright, poll question actually has to do with what we're going to talk about next. So, here's Eric. He's got our poll question. What do you got for us today? Well,
1: we're starting to see some of the schedule release for the NBA and we have three dates that the Suns will be playing. So... Out of those three, which are Suns at Nuggets on Christmas,
0: Christmas, Suns versus Mavs game one of the season, and Suns at Grizzlies on MLK Day, which one are you looking forward to the most? Opening day. I'm gonna say them. Just give me them again. Suns at Nuggets on Christmas. Suns versus Mavs game one. And Suns at Grizzlies on MLK Day. Probably the Mavs game. Probably the Mavs because it's the opener, or because it's the Mavs. I mean, but because the Mavs just kicked your ass, <laughs> like the Denver. Oh, I mean, you'd, where, what's my last real memory of Denver? They swept them. <laughs> the Grizzlies they haven't, you know, they haven't really played them in the playoffs. No, they haven't. No. So like the last, I would say Dallas because everybody's going to be talking about what a revenge game. it yeah, is. Yeah, it's uh, to me this one's easy. It's Dallas by far and away. It's Dallas.
2: Yeah, it's an easy runaway with the people as well. Seventy two point six
0: percent. They're going to be tuning in on opening night. Nineteen. 19- point two percent say
1: Christmas Nuggets Suns matchup and eight point two percent say Grizz and Suns on MLK Day.
0: Those are the three we know you can find the poll question on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Those are the three we know. Christmas Day was reported over the weekend. We haven't officially seen a time on that, but I thought I read it was a nighttime game like a seven thirty maybe even an eight thirty tip time on Christmas night, which will be interesting. Opening day we learned about yesterday going to be the Mavericks for the opener Yep. and then MLK Day We found out this morning, I think Sham Sharania, they always do a doubleheader on MLK Day. Usually it's in the middle of the day, so there's a chance like the Suns are playing, I don't know, like 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon on that Monday on MLK Day. The rest of the schedule comes out tomorrow at noon, I think, 3 o'clock Eastern noon. What's the significance of Dallas on opening day? It happened at the very end of our show. What is... What is the significance of that, and what, if anything, can the Suns get back? Nothing. By playing the Mets. Nothing. In the opener. Zero. Nothing at all? No, not a regular season game, the first game. I mean, nothing. Just got to get it out of the way. I mean, you know, you, you left with a bad taste in your mouth. You got beat by, what, 30 in that final game? Was it 30? They got, I mean, they got, it was even drunk. more than that, wasn't it? I, I, thought the, I, I can't remember. It felt like it was worse I mean, it that. went down by, like, 50-something. I mean, it was you were humiliated. So, you know, but here it is. It's like, you know, it, it's, it's like you, you get in a fight in a playground and you get your ass kicked. And then, like, a, you know, a couple weeks later, you, you're playing in dodgeball and you get the kid out. What does it matter? <laughs> Like, what does it matter? Hey, I got you out. <laughs> ah, Right, I kicked your ass three weeks ago. Goes, you couldn't come to school the next three days because you had a black eye. No one like, belongs in the Metaphor Hall of Fame right there. That's good. Yeah, like you get, you, 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 you get a fight in the playground <laughs> after school. You get your ass handed to you. But I have been in dodgeball weeks later, three weeks later. Get, three weeks later, you get the kid out in, a, in dodgeball. That's what it'd be like. <laughs> you know? Hey, I got you out. I get the Suns win that game. I got you out. Yeah, but it doesn't mean anything. No. I mean, people, everybody's going to try to make something. Something out of it that it's not. That's what it that's what it, it's is the truth. Like everyone's gonna try to make something out of it. Oh, they played each other for the right to go to the Western Conference Finals. Look, neither one of them won the championship. No. Okay, the Mavericks beat the Suns. So what? They got beaten five games by the Warriors in the next round. They ended the Sun season, so you have that bad taste in your mouth. I think there'll be a little extra emphasis on winning that game because you know, I mean, it was a lot of you got humiliated, so yeah. you're gonna want to get back, but you can't erase what happened. Happens to you in the playoffs? You got beat. No, there'll be no vengeance. There'll be no revenge. You, you'll, you'll, you won't be able to say, ha, yeah, we got you. It makes, it, there's nothing. And our, our friends of our bright side of the sun wrote about this, and they're absolutely right. The only thing that makes up for getting eliminated by them is eliminating them. I mean, that's it. You, you're, you're not yeah. going to have a chance to truly right that wrong or get your revenge, whatever it is you want to call it, until next April or next May, if and when you even play the Dallas Mavericks. In the playoffs, so that's not what at stake. But I would agree with those who would say you can't get vengeance. But if you're gonna play them, let's do it early, right? Like let's kind of get it out of the way. There, there's there, there you might as well you might as well see them early in the season. So if there is a little bit of a taste in your mouth that you want to get it out, you can get it out early in the season by playing them. There are some changes, right? Brunson's not there. Javale yep. McGee's not here, and he's there. But the main parts. Are- Still the same. It's still, you know, it's still Luka Doncic almost single handedly led the Mavericks to a victory over the Suns. And you're like, how did that happen? Because listen, and the Suns were up two nothing, and I remember sitting here saying, I "How are the Mavericks going to win a game? Like, like it was a serious question. The Suns were destroying them. It was like Luca didn't look Luka looked terrible. The Mavs looked terrible. Like, how are they even going to win a game I in this just, series? I, I just I laugh because Game Three was on a Friday, Game Four was on a Sunday, and we were in here Friday doing our show. Like, is this series going to be over by the time we're back here on yeah, Monday? Yeah, is this thing going to be? Eh, maybe they'll get done. one at home and it's will finish him off in five. Yeah, I mean, th- there was this like real feeling, like, oh man, yeah, this is this is nothing. This will be fine. This will be easy. Piece of cake. Done. Over with. And, and so, yeah, what happened was it, it was one of the all time humiliations. So if you put on a board, what are, what are goals for the Phoenix Suns this year? I don't know that any goal is going to be. We need to beat the Mavericks in a regular season game. No, there are no, there are no goals like that. What are okay? okay what are then? What, that's a good question. What would be the goals for the regular season then? Given what's... I mean, I still think you try to finish with the best record. Okay. Right? You try to finish with the best record. Yeah. Um... I don't know what are the goals that could be. I mean, for a team with aspirations like this, there aren't a lot of regular season goals. That's no, just the uh, truth. Uh, yeah, And there's, the there's, truth is, the regular season goals are, you know, you don't, you don't have a whole lot of them when you've been to the NBA Finals and then you were the, you know, the favorites to maybe win the NBA championship. Like, I don't know that you, you, you sit there and have a lot of goals for the regular. The regular season is almost like a chore. Like, let's just get this freaking thing over with. But I don't think, like, if you said, list me three regular season goals, I don't think anybody at some team is, we got to beat the Mavs in game no. one. Oh, no, no, that's no, That's our goal. Not at all. If, in fact, if we were making a list of goals for the Suns for the upcoming regular season, I mean, beyond the basic core, right? In the basic core, stay healthy, um, secure home court advantage for at least a round if you can, but even that's not the most important thing in the world, I don't think. Um, stay out of the play-in tournament, right? Finish with one of the top six records in the Western I mean, that's Conference. A, that's a given, I, that's, right? and that's, I'm just listing given right now. The givens are stay healthy. Secure some kind of home court advantage, stay out of the play-in tournament. I mean, you can have Beyond some, that, I don't know what the goals are. You could have some like internal things, like you know DeAndre Ayton, making sure, sure you establish DeAndre Ayton, sure, uh, making sure that he's a valued player and that he's worthy of the thirty million dollars that you're going to be paying him, and the you know the rift between him and Money, uh, the new guys on the team because you've got a few new guys here, yep. making sure you you know you, you you get them into the culture of winning and 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 they figure out how to how to play your. Style style, um, you know, maybe you, there's things that you want to work on that you feel are going to better better you in the playoffs, that you might work, you might have goal, rest is a goal. We talked about Chris Paul, like, hey, we have a goal. Managing his minutes. We yeah. have a goal of managing minutes, and we're not going to do it with just Chris Paul, we're going to do it with other guys, we're going to make sure, like, we've learned something over the next two years that we feel like we need to do better. Like, we talked about, like, the Cardinals, and how do you finish, what are you doing, this, they're doing stuff now. That's supposed to affect the second half of the season. Trying to rest guys, trying to not use right. guys. Right, Kyler's barely playing. Rodney Hudson's barely right. playing. And maybe right? the Suns have a goal like we, for some reason, we kind of fell apart in the playoffs. We got to make sure that doesn't happen. And this is what we're going to do. I think those are the goals. I don't think anywhere it's like, oh, we got to beat the Mavs. It's just people are going to build that up because they, the media is going to build it up. And the, but I don't to the Suns and the Mavs. I don't think it's going to mean anything to either one of them. That, that no, not that I, much. I don't. I mean, I know the Suns last year made like a, a big deal about getting. Revenge on everybody, right? Remember the Amir Coffee game, and Devin Booker was all mad because they put up Amir Coffee's picture instead of they his. Were trying to find ways to motivate themselves yeah, in the regular season, yeah. And, and and will they do that again this year? And will they do that against Dallas? Maybe, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. I think what you just said a second ago are the most important things. It's more about the individual goals. It's more about DeAndre Ayton and better integrating him in the offense. So you're maximizing him. It's Chris Paul putting a drag on his minutes, you know, trying to manage him a little bit. So at the end, he's got a little more left in the tank, even though he missed five weeks of the regular season last year with the injury that he had. It's, it's just it's going to be more individual than it is team stuff, I think, for them. Because I don't know if there's a outside of staying in the play in tournament. I don't know if there's a win total that I would say is a goal. I don't know if there's a team. That, these none all, of that these stuff are all just dodgeball games. <laughs> <laughs> the real fight Until is at we the get end to the fight. The real, the real, uh, mm-hmm. the 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 hill. We had the hill outside of our elementary school. Meet we, you on the hill. You're right. Oh yeah, o'clock. we had the handball courts. Yeah. Meet you on the hill, 3 o'clock. Done. Did, did you ever you meet anybody on the hill? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah! Yeah, I did. You met somebody on the hill. You're so proud of me. You were running up that hill? I was. Were you running up was, that hill? I was Kate Bush. I was running up that hill. I was Stranger Things Chapter 4. I was running up that hill. Yeah, I, I, I met on the hill. I of Curry Elementary a couple times back in the day. Yeah, I met up there. Did you, there did you beat her? Did you beat her? Did you win? Or did she get you? Did she get the best of you? I just need to know. First of all, it was not a she. Oh, okay. It was right. not a she. I just want to see if you. It was a he, and I believe I went one and one okay. up there. Okay. I think I went one and okay. one, right. if I remember right. Diamondbacks had been playing well up until last night, but we're starting to see the future slowly creep into the now. Does Tori Lovello feel the same? Our exclusive conversation with him next on the Burns and Gambo Show. I like uh, I like, um, violence. Violence. Welcome back. It's the Burns and Gambo Show here on this Tuesday afternoon. John Gambaduro, Dave Burns. We're live from the Yachting Community Studios expecting to hear from Troy Lovello any moment. Live from the Bay Area. Diamondbacks lost last night 6-1 to to the San Francisco Giants. Same two teams tonight. Uh, while we await Tory's call, let's talk about a Diamondbacks team that uh, had been playing real good baseball yeah. up until Madison Bumgarner taking the ball last night. Not so hot. No, and, and he's been struggling. I mean, he has not pitched well. He has uh, allowed four plus uh, earned runs in seven of his last 14 starts, including his last four. Um, you know, he, he didn't pitch well last night. The Dimebacks offense, I mean, there was a beautiful bunt by McCarthy. I just, you know, a great bunt by McCarthy and beat it out by a step or two. I just love to see the speed and the way they're playing the game, but their offense just really struggled last night and Bumgarner didn't pitch well and end up losing to the Giants, who have kind of owned them. I mean, especially there in San Francisco, they've kind of owned them. Um, you know, he's got a- off to a decent start, but then Longoria hit a gigantic bomb off of him, and Alex Cobb, who hadn't won a game since like the middle of May, you know, he was real do- dominant in the uh, in the six one win. Eighteen two at home against Arizona in their last twenty. The last twenty games wow. in San Fran, the Giants have won eighteen out of those twenty games. It's been a tough place for the D-backs to go play because I think the Diamondbacks are six and four against them this year, but obviously not there. Just not overall there. for the season, and they have a lot of games with them coming. Up, they haven't played him very much, so they have a lot of games with uh, with the Giants coming up down the stretch here. Yeah, Mad Bum last night five and two thirds, eight hits, six runs, six strikeouts. And you mentioned it; you're absolutely right. The first three innings, he kind of breezed through them, and then innings four, five, and six, he just ran into all sorts of trouble. Now, Mad Bum over this four start stretch that he's gone on the last you know three weeks or so, his ERA was three point seven one going in; it's now four point three seven coming out over this four start stretch. He's 0-3 with a 7.33 ERA. Even over the weekend in talking to MLB.com, he described himself as the weak link in the Diamondbacks rotation. Yeah, I, I think going forward, I mean, I see Gallon is the number one, Kelly is the number two. I want to see if Henry could be the number three. Zach Davies should be gone, so they'll have to get another starting pitcher somewhere. I mean to me Bumgardner is, you know, he's the third, he's the three you're the four on this team because of experience you'd probably give him the three but I mean Tommy Henry's pitched really well since he came up he's had three starts and he's pitched really well in two of them even the first one wasn't so bad so I want to see what he, can, you know, what he can do but this is a problem because you've still got Bumgar. I would have loved to see them to have seen them trade him but some team would be regretting that right now you, you're just waiting for this contract to end I mean you are you may get to a point where you buy it out down the road you're not going to do it now, um, because he's not pitching poorly enough to where you want to buy it out, but he's not pitching good enough to where you go into next season and say, this guy should be one of your top three pitchers. You know what I mean? You're kind of in exactly limbo there. He's not, he's not bad enough to buy out the contract. But he's not good enough to sit there and say I want this guy as one of my top three rotation guys. So you're kind of in limbo. You just you, you just want the contract to end. You wish somebody would take him. You know. Yeah. And we'll see next year. But here's the thing I'm thinking too. Like because of this collapse in the second half, not like it's a Cliff Kingsbury Cardinal collapse, but <laughs> you know, does a team get to the trade deadline and be like, Yeah, remember Bumgarner last year after the trade deadline? He wasn't any good. Like he only got so many bullets left. Like yeah. I just don't know if he's a guy worth trading for with all the mileage that he has on him. I remember way back at the beginning of the season we had a bunch of conversations about Mad Bum pitching well at the beginning of the season trying to build up some value so if you wanted to you could trade him and I do feel like that's just lost almost all of its momentum now in the offseason could you try? I suppose you could try but what you're going to need to have happen is to have him pitch well again going into next uh, offseason and into the trade deadline.
3: Your exclusive home of the D-Backs. Diamondbacks.
0: 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. D-Backs manager, Tori Lovello, joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-Backs baseball. All right, as we mentioned, our weekly visit with the manager, Tori Lovello. He joins us here on the Burns and Gambo show. Tori, good afternoon. How you doing?
2: I'm doing good, guys. Sorry about that. I had a little phone trouble, so on me. No
0: worries, no worries. Uh, before we uh, you, before we talk Dbacks, I, as a baseball fan, you know, and mm. a guy who had to work really, really hard to make it in the major leagues in career, I just want to get your thoughts on being a part of Winton Bernard's debut. Ten years in the minor <laughs> leagues, comes up on Friday, gets ahead a stolen base. Umpire called him out, which was crazy. Um, <laughs> but you know, stolen base, run scored. You know, as a baseball fan, what was that like? like for you to see him get that opportunity?
2: Yeah, it was fantastic. You know, we all at some point in time are baseball fans, and we appreciate those types of moments inside of this industry, no matter if you're playing against them or not. So you're nailing it. Um, Those guys are so easy to root for. That's a story of perseverance um, and belief in yourself because he had plenty of opportunity to give up and say that it wasn't ever going to happen. So when you see him get his first base hit, even though it hurt us, um, it was one of those moments where I'm sure he – well, you know, very pridefully, could say that he he made it to the major leagues and he arrived and he got his first base hit. So we were all watching and deep down we were all happy too. Did you sense
0: that Mad Bum was a little extra frustrated by last night? And did you feel like you had to say something to him on the in the dugout after his outing yesterday?
2: Yeah, for sure. Look, when he comes up here, it's a different fish tank for him. You know, all eyes are on him. Uh, it's all about uh, you know him coming up and performing before the very eyes that that uh, that were very good to him, rooted him on, cheered him on for three world championships. So, um, yeah, I wanted a couple minutes with him. I just wanted to go over and see how he was feeling, see what he was thinking, uh, or hear what he was thinking, and, and have him digest the things that that needed to be digested the right way. Look, he didn't perform up to the level that he wanted to. That's the bottom line. Uh, he threw very well early on, and he just felt like nothing was working later in the game. And I told him that he had one of the best pitching coaches in baseball that was going to coach him up and get him through the next three or four days and get him ready for his next start day. And that, to me, is the most important thing. I know that it's tough for him to not have success, but everything is magnified and amplified here in San Francisco, and I know that he felt that a little bit differently last night.
0: We've seen three starts out of Tommy Henry since he came up, and you know, the first one wasn't even that bad. He just ran into trouble late, but the next two were, were pretty good. Give me your thoughts on the mm-hmm. young left Thank
2: yeah, uh, great mound presence, great poise. The first start in Cleveland, he had the entire town of Kalamazoo down there, crying out loud. And he managed that and went out and threw the ball okay, made one one mistake with a cement mixer slider and got hit for a three-on-home run. And that was the difference in the game. But each outing since then, he has been landing, breaking balls. He's been pitching well and pitching deep into the games, and that's what we want him to do. Um, he was a couple outs away from giving us six really strong innings uh, in Colorado, which is a very, very tough, hitter-friendly environment. But he made pitch. Pitches, did his job. It's, you know, around the 85 pitch mark. I think we've got to start to take a little bit more notice as to what his stuff looks like. It seems right around that number, things start to back up on him. So we'll be mindful of that, but I don't want to pull him out of the game just because it's 85 pitches. I want him to give us 100 pitches, and I want him to go six, seven strong, and that's his mindset. I am absolutely
0: fascinated by the speed on this baseball team. I mean, Varsho, I thought he had the inside the park homer. It was a triple because the Blackman kind of bobbled it, but we're seeing McCarthy. That bunt, yesterday. Yesterday was a thing of beauty. God, I was just I was just I was telling my kid, man, that's base. That's baseball yeah. right there. That is baseball. Doubled off second, of course. But, um, you know, th- right. the Sp- Rojas and McCarthy and Varsha, you've got you've got these young legs and you're using them. So I want to give you credit. I mean, hitting runs and stolen bases. And, you know, I'm waiting for you to steal home next, for goodness sakes. <laughs> tell me tell me about the speed and how you've been able to utilize it.
2: Yeah, well, that's the word. I want to utilize things to the best of our ability that's going to help us go out and win games. And when you talk about game planning and understanding how teams are going to be able to stop or not stop you, you want to you want to enter into that arena that's going to put pressure on them. I believe in that. I want to pressurize the defense. That's not that's not really a word, but in baseball terms, I want the pitcher to feel and see and and hear the noise over at first base when you have got somebody that can steal a base. That pitch ends up being a, a ball right down the middle, and it's get it's hit off the wall for. Of, you know a two run two run double so uh I I believe in that, but we got to do it at the right time. Running into outs can be very detrimental. We had that happen in the first inning yesterday. That's just not our type of baseball, and it was a big impactful mistake. And if you were watching the game, you felt that we were we were held scoreless in the first inning. If we don't do it um, anyway, anyway less than perfect, I am not satisfied. But I feel you on this. We got to do it to the to the right level and let these guys go out and perform. And I, I take the, take the reins off them. I let the boys run loose, but we do with a lot of prep and a lot of reasoning that's done for the right reason and we do it it's powerful keep doing it
0: they're young they got fresh legs keep doing it i i, I love it i want to get a nick ahmed update we haven't got one in a while since he mm. had the surgery on his right shoulder mm-hmm. we've talked about that was it with there might have been a possibility he could come back in september can you give me an update on nick mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. I think we're going to shut him down for the remainder of the year. Uh, he's progressing well. Uh, he, I saw him this past weekend. Um, I've seen him periodically over at the stadium. Uh, he feels great. He's getting asymptomatic, and he's still in the treatment phase of, of his recovery. And we're not going to let him back on the field until he checks all of his boxes to get him in there and get that range of motion taken care of and get him back onto the field and begin that that return to baseball program. But we haven't, we haven't gotten there yet. But Nick is definitely somebody that we have missed. Uh, somebody that I lean on in a different way as a veteran leader on this team Uh, and we've been doing okay without him but we certainly miss him
0: Joey, we appreciate the time as always good luck tonight, we'll talk next week Okay, boys. Talk to you soon. Troy Lovello joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. D-backs and the Giants coming up tonight. When we come back this week, it's Give-A-Thon week. We're going to tell you all about the great people at Phoenix Children's Hospital and the great work that they're doing. That's coming up on Burns and Gambo.
4: The Give-A-Thon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valet Hyundai dealers and the auction Indian community. 887 FM, Arizona Sports Station in the Arizona Sports app. Give a thon on the Burns and Gambo Show.
0: As it stands right now, 332 total kids are at Phoenix Children's Hospital right now. 92 are in the emergency department. 48 are in the cardiovascular ICU. 14 babies are in the NICU, which is yeah. if you've ever been to the hospital, and we've been fortunate enough to have been on many many tours, is maybe the hardest part of the tour, right? That that's where you yes, that's where you see the hardest stories and hear the toughest stories. For- 14 babies right now in the NICU at Phoenix Children's Hospital. Yeah, and it's the, you know, Phoenix Children's Hospital. We've been doing this fundraiser for many, many years and there's children in there battling cancer and heart defects and brain injuries and 51% of the the patient families have little or no private medical insurance in Phoenix Children's Hospital. They're all about making sure that every single child gets the care that they need. But they rely so much on the donations of people like us to keep that hospital funded to make. Make sure they have the best doctors and nurses and the best equipment so those kids have the best chance at a normal life. We're asking you to contribute by calling the Desert Financial Phone Bank. 602-933-4567 is the number. 602-933-4567. We're asking you to contribute. We're asking our partners to contribute. And joining us right now for a check presentation, our friends from Walmart.
1: All right. Talking now with Jimmy Curvin, the market manager of Walmart here in. Arizona, along with Ruben Garza, the digital ops lead. Guys, welcome.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
1: Jimmy, exactly how long has Walmart been working with the hospital?
0: So, we've been working with the hospital for 35 years.
1: Now, over your 35 years in partnership with Phoenix Children's Hospital, how much money has Walmart raised?
0: We raised $15 million over 35 years. Wow.
1: $15 million.
0: $15 million. $15 million. We enjoy it. We have fun with it. Our stores uh, truly enjoy what they do when it comes to uh, CMN and the things we do within, uh, within the four walls of a Walmart.
1: Ruben, I wanted to talk to you for a second because I know you've had hands-on experience with the PCH Giveathon. What did that look like? Yeah, so last year, uh, we were able to go out there and, and answer some phones for the first time for the PCH uh, Give-a-Thon, which is pretty nice, real eye-opening. Uh, so I took my first call, got my first pledge, it was pretty cool. Um, but then at the same time, I just started to hear some stories come across, I thought about, you know, I'm going I'm to gonna give back, I have kids, you know, so I, I decided to sign up That then and there, and I do $25 a month, you know, a little helps yeah. a lot, so every little dollar we can. A hundred percent, I'm glad you said that, Ruben. For those listening, hey, I don't have $15 million, I don't even have 100 thousand dollars i don't have fifty thousand dollars but twenty five dollars a month that's something so many of us can do all right you mentioned 15 million over the last 35 years from walmart thank you again what is the number on the check this year
0: so the number on the check this year is going to be thirty thousand dollars we're excited to do that and there's there's more to come.
1: love that thank you so much jimmy and ruben and walmart we we really appreciate it thank you guys thank you for your time
0: thank you $30,000 from Walmart. Very impressive. We it, appreciate what they do. It really is. And I'll tell you, it's the way he said it, right? He's given $25 a month, and you start to add that up. And, you know, if everybody's given that, and, you know, you have 10 people given that, that's 250 a month. And then do that by times, you know, times 10 months is 2500 And times a year, it's just, you'd be amazed at how much, how quickly it all adds up when more and more people are donating. Time for another story of hope from Phoenix Children's Hospital, Is presented by Matt. Holmes. Armando's little daughter doesn't remember anything about the day she was hit by a car. It's a day that Armando will never forget. This is Amanda's story.
3: I'm Armando.
4: My name is Amanda, and this is my story. Well, I won't back, down. No, I won't back down. I was hit by a car.
3: She had a fractured pelvis in four places, laceration on her liver, very serious brain injury. She had a tracheostomy.
4: I don't even remember that day. I just saw black.
3: Even though everybody was telling us she was not going to make it, she's here breathing by her own, walking, talking.
4: I had to get better. I had to try.
3: Mandy, she's a warrior. believe in miracles. That day when my daughter was hit by the car, a retired nurse was driving by. She stopped. She started performing CPR while the paramedics got there. I almost, I think, I was going to break his back because I hugged him as hard as I could and I thank him. God works in mysterious ways. I struggled
4: for my physical therapy.
3: Seeing her in pain, crying, the therapist would Ask her, Do you want to stop? And every single time she will answer no. By that time, I will break my heart seeing her in pain. But also, she was giving me a lesson of being a fighter. The doctors are amazed with her progress. She's doing very good, getting stronger day by day.
4: I want to be either an author, director, vet, or like a musician.
3: My dream for Mandy is recover 100% and to be independent. She needs to work hard. We'll be by her side. the phoenix children's hospital the doctors nurses therapists
4: i was so grateful for them
3: they treat us like a family
4: imagine if your kid was in that position it's very important to help pch
3: you can make a difference i saw it with my daughter donate please
0: want to stop every time she said no she little don't. fighter right Just, little yeah, fighter exactly you want to every take time. a break you want to stop nope, nope. i'm going to keep going yeah, I mean, it was a lot of times I can often you know end in tragedy. I had a a cousin of mine, my cousin Frank DeMeo, who got hit by a car and died. When we were kids, we were very close. He got hit by a car and died, and it's just a it was a terrible tragedy for my family. And uh, you know, I still remember him, t- you know, to this day. And you know, his cousin, uh, my cousins, uh, Eleanor and Renee, they always post stuff every time it's the anniversary of when he got hit by the car. So it's so great to see you know a man to make it and and fight and get through yeah. it. And you know, the the, the donations are just. You know, he said it. I mean, they make a difference. They really make a difference because this hospital is able to help children like her. It's a great time to call right now, and the reason is we are in a match. The Desert Financial Phone Bank is open for you at 602-933-4567. We are in the middle of a Sombrero's match. Sombrero's is matching every donation dollar for dollar right now when you call the Desert Financial Phone Bank. 602-933-4567. 4567 Volunteers are standing by right now. They're actually based here in our building, and they're answering your phone calls during this match from some boroughs. 602-933-4567. We've already had many, many donations so far today, which means we call down to the hospital. We fire up the Train Teddy Bear Express. As it goes upstairs, you become a champion of hope, a $20 donation per month, and a Teddy bear will be delivered to a patient in your name right now. When you call those volunteers during this match, tell them you want to be a champion of hope, and we'll put a bear on that train Teddy bear express from you. The match is from some boroughs The number is 602 933 4567. And when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we go back to the Arizona Cardinals. Spending is always a point of conversation with a football team. How they spend their money is even more interesting when you look at the Cardinals, and we'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo show.